Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. <laughs> was October 28, 2007, 14 years ago. I had just finished a long 8am to 10pm shift at the hospital I was working at. I was a hotel services assistant, which is a fancy way of saying I served meals and cleaned up nasty stuff. I came home and saw that I had a Facebook message from my best friend's girlfriend telling me to call her right away. I still have the message. I've never let that thing go. I was 17 years old. When we were younger, my best friend and I lived close together. He was called Nigel, and I met him at infant school. I still remember meeting him for the first time. We grew up together until the age of 13, when sadly his parents divorced and he had to move with his mother up north. I'm from England. It was a hard time, you know, and we didn't want it to happen. We kept in touch over the phone and every year one of us would either make a trip up or down to see each other. Despite my past experiences and my intuition, due to events at the time involving girlfriends, I had not one inkling that something terrible had happened to this guy who I loved like a brother. I had become so lost in the noise of my life around that time that I didn't realize things weren't okay. It must have been around 11 p.m. when I called his girlfriend. I woke her up. I felt bad about that. Tearfully, she told me that on Friday the 26th, my best friend had decided to take his own life and that his family had found him in his room. Internally, I was too young to grasp the reality of the situation. I didn't cry. Rather, I just sort of turned inwards. I want to say that I have never had the courage to reach back out to his girlfriend and thank her. I feel like it would be digging up the past now, and I wouldn't want to bring her back to that place. One day, I want to find the courage to do that. Over the next few days, I prepared to travel up north to attend his funeral. On that day, a friend of mine living close to me suggested for support that I go back to his place after the funeral so that I could be in good company. We were going to mess around and, perhaps ironically, record a podcast. The funeral was one of the most ailing experiences I've ever had. I got to meet all of Nigel's friends. None of them knew who I was. The only person that remembered me was his mother, who I hugged. It was surreal to think that he was in the casket as it was taken past me. I dwell on these memories a lot. I arrived back at my friend's house down south rather late. It was around midnight and I wanted to turn in, but... He convinced me we should try to do something fun, just to break the miasma of grief. So, we decided we would record a podcast, and the plan was to just talk, clear the air. We wouldn't release the podcast, I realized that later. 
My friend was simply giving me an opportunity to talk about my friend and get it all out. We had a little digital handheld recorder thing, and he had it set up on a tripod attached to a pair of speakers. My friend ran out of the room quickly to grab some snacks, telling me to familiarize myself with the device. All I did was switch the device on. I hit the record button for a split second and left it on the tripod running. Then after about 30 seconds, I pressed the button to stop recording. I hit play and I could hear the emptiness of the room playing through the speakers. Then I heard it. A rasping voice spoke the words, Never again. I must have turned white because I ran out of the room and up the stairs. My friend grabbed me, thinking I was having a panic attack. He said I was white and that I was sweating. I was in a weird daze with eyes wide, mouth agape. I told him I heard something on the recorder. He carefully took me back into the room and analyzed the device. The recording I had captured was the only one on the device. He hit play and listened to it over and over. It chilled me to the bone. I had seen a lot of weird things in my life by this point, but this was one of those things you just don't forget. And it gets weirder, as you'll see. That night, I actually went home. We kept the recording, but I was so weirded out by everything that I had been through, I just decided to go home. In bed that night, a string on one of my guitars in my bedroom plucked once. A single string. These events were not unfamiliar to me in my home, but this time I knew. Nigel was with me. I just knew. I can't describe it. I was so scared at first, but I caught my composure and said, please don't scare me. I said out loud, Nigel, is that you? And a single knock came from the wall right up behind my two guitars. I said out loud, something to the tune of, I'm sorry for what happened. I tried to get more, but the night fell silent. A few days later, I visited a spiritual circle I was a part of at the time. I was in this process of trying to understand the things that had been occurring to me previously in life, and a dear friend at the time suggested I visit the gifted woman in her circle. We would gather every Thursday night to meditate and practice mediumship. I have many stories from these personal studies which I hope to share someday. I brought her the recording, and I was told not to reach out again, and that trying to contact the dead in this way would open doors I wouldn't be able to shut. In my teenage years, I jumped into these little endeavors with both feet, in an attempt to truly understand the nature of reality. This led me at times into needlessly dangerous situations. This attitude certainly exacerbated the experiences I had. I did the complete opposite of what she advised, and I began to research the phenomenon of EVP. Now on my vigils, ghost hunts, and travels, I would record using a similar handheld device which we used to capture the voice on that fateful night, and I caught all manner of voices over the years in different locations. But here's the thing. When I said earlier that it gets weirder, here's why. In 2009, I recorded the same voice saying the same thing at a different location on a different device. This happened again in 2010, and more recently in my own house in 2016. In 2016, 
I had asked out loud randomly, Nigel, if you're here with me, could you say never again again? And in the recording, a voice complied. I believe it's him, and to some degree, I believe he has never left my side. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of these memories still scare me, and hearing that voice again just now has really brought it all back. It was such a confusing and worrisome time in my life, going through the grief and having those experiences. This story always makes me confront my own mortality, or lack thereof, and I find it highly disturbing. But at the same time, I feel so privileged because it simply confirms to me, at least, there's so much more to life than we know. We are all so lost in our lives. The things I'm learning and the picture I'm putting together makes more sense to me because of these past experiences. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share this tale again, and strangely, on the anniversary of my learning about my friend's fate. Such a sad and awful thing to happen to somebody so young. He had a lot going on in his life at that time. In 2017, I released a video game called Entropy Zero, which I dedicated to Nigel, as Half-Life was our favorite franchise. I think he's still around, you know? From time to time, I feel him. He was a great guy. This story is absolutely true, and it put me on the path I'm on now. Every year, I still remember Nigel. I have so many more stories, but this is one that really defined my path. Without hearing that voice, I would never have started using EVP to reach out to the other side. All of these ghost explorers on TV and YouTube now, they're making some major strides in this field. Shout out to Twin Paranormal, but none of these big ones use EVP exclusively. If you're an investigator, I'm telling you, put away the mobile apps, put away the devices with loaded words and sentences. Use EVP. If you're patient, you will have results, and it will be from the actual spirit you're talking to, instead of some app that picks out words out of the air, depending on the humidity of the room you're in. EVP is the way to hear our dead. I can't overstate it. The author has since shared a copy of the EVP recording online. He's given us permission here on Odd Trails to share that with you now. If you listen closely, you can hear the disembodied voice say the words, Never again. at a gas station chain with only numbers in its name. We're just outside of a large chunk of suburbs, not necessarily in the middle of nowhere. Like, we aren't exactly near any other businesses, but we are rarely completely dead for hours at a time. It was just past midnight, and with everything going on in the U.S. right now, not a lot of things other than gas stations and bars are open at night anymore, so it was a slower evening. I was the only one in the store, and a car pulled up to one of the two double-sided pumps out front. Pretty standard white four-door. 
I'm not great with car brands, but it was a little nicer, like upper middle class and probably only a few years old. A woman gets out and starts walking towards our door like she's in a daze. This woman legitimately looked like she saw a ghost. She wanders up, sort of freezes at the door for a second with a thousand-yard stare before opening it and coming in. She didn't go looking for anything, didn't start shopping, just sort of stood inside for what felt like ages. Again, bars are still open, so I think maybe she's a little drunk or had a rough night or something. So I give the usual, welcome to, insert gas station name, let me know if you need any help finding anything. And she finally notices me and immediately asks me the weirdest damn question I have ever been asked on the job. You can see me, right? So I just responded, yeah? Like, what else do you say? She breaks down crying in the middle of my store, so I'm already headed around the corner to see what's up. I have my cell phone out in case I need to call the cops or something for her. I get her to sit down on a nearby pallet of soda and grab her a bottle of water. After she catches her breath a little, she says, I thought I had died. Again, I'm thinking maybe she is on something, but she's a middle-aged woman who looks like a standard local suburban housewife. We're a pretty boring township without your average junkies like you'd find closer to the cities. So she asks if she can wait with me while she calls her husband to pick her up. She has her own phone and does so, not really telling him anything either, just where she is and if he can come get her. He says he'll call an Uber and be there as soon as possible. We're waiting. So far, nobody else has showed up, so I'm keeping most of my attention on her, and eventually she starts to explain to me. I was driving home from dinner with my coworkers, and as I'm driving through an intersection, a truck ran a red light and hit me. Now, her car is still at the pump without a scratch on it. She goes on to say she remembers her car being pushed into a pole, going airborne, and then nothing. I tried to calm her down, letting her know that her car is out front and it looks fine. But she insisted that she completely blacked out, woke up in an ambulance for a split second, passed out again, and then woke up again in the driver's seat of her car at the intersection, waiting for the light to change. Perfectly fine. This whole thing freaked her out so badly that she drove to the nearest anything just so she could get out of the car. Her husband eventually showed up to get her. He asked if I had any idea what happened, and even though she sort of explained to me, I just shrugged because, no, I had no idea what was happening anymore. She reluctantly got into the passenger seat of the car, and he drove them back home. That was hours ago, after which I worked an entire shift at the station, trying to wrap my head around what the absolute hell I had just witnessed.
2017, I was in the United States Navy. I was stationed in Connecticut. Looking back now, I'm not even sure if what we experienced was supernatural. But years later, neither myself or any of my shipmates that were there have any earthly explanation for what happened. My naval career was unique and short on account of me breaking my ankle eight days after I got to Connecticut. After breaking it, I was on an extended medical leave. I didn't have to check in with anyone, with the exception of my doctor, of course. And I was able to sightsee quite a bit all over the northeastern United States. While I was bedridden post-surgery, being the horror geek that I am, I started looking up scary or haunted places in the Northeast to check out once I was mobile again. One of those places that I came across was Fort Wetherill in Jamestown, Rhode Island. The more I read about this place, the more I knew I had to go there. I was reading all sorts of things online. Local kids report being chased by ghost dogs and other wild reports like that. So several months later, on Easter Sunday, once the sun had gone down, me and some of my friends packed up and went. In order to get to Fort Wetherill, you have to go across a huge bridge and you end up on this tiny island. The only thing on this island is Fort Wetherill, which is an old abandoned military base. As me and my friends started exploring, the first thing we noticed is that this island was significantly colder than the rest of the state, which was fine because we all had hoodies and whatnot. The next thing we noticed was the copious amount of graffiti inside and outside the entire structure. So in the spirit of adventure, we all decided to split up. Now I've seen enough horror movies to know that this is how every horror movie starts. But we were all macho Navy sailors, even me, though I was the one with the limp. So we enter the massive maze-like structure. I'm on my own. We all start exploring this allegedly haunted state park. I enter the structure, and I'm greeted by total darkness. And my flashlight only did so much. One of the first things I experienced here was that I would enter the structure at one point and exit it shortly thereafter. And I would be in an area that was physically impossible without teleportation. I know it sounds weird and made up, but me and all four of my friends experienced this strange happening. There were several ladders leading to the top of this structure, and at all four corners, there were essentially watchtowers. From there, we could see the entire building, and even some of the corridors inside, as there were various points in the roof where ladders went down directly inside. So we would send each other down and tell each other to go in at one entrance, to walk this direction, and then promptly exit and see where they came out. We did this for what seemed like hours, unable to explain how we would enter and exit in wildly different areas at the base. This trip to Fort Wetherill was fairly uneventful, aside from this teleportation shit as well as some seemingly satanic artwork, so we left and didn't really think about it much after that. 
Now the same year, a blood moon was scheduled to happen. My friends and I thought that that would be the perfect time to revisit this area, and that we would for sure see some paranormal activity. So the night that the blood moon was said to rise, we packed up and then headed back to the island. Again, we immediately noticed how cold the island was. There was also an increase in wild animal noises, howls, screams, and the buzz of cicadas, which made the concrete structure so much more eerie this go-around. We mutually decided that this time we would stick together, and we made our way up a ladder to the top of the building, where the watch stations were. As we got to the top, we made our way to one side that bordered a densely wooded area. So we're all sitting there, shooting the shit, and one of my friends puts a finger over his mouth to hush us and says, Guys, did you hear that? Naturally, we're all saying things like, Dude, quit playing. You're going to scare us, blah, blah, blah. But then we heard it. It was subtle and quiet, and sounded exactly like a phone vibrating on a coffee table. It sounded like it was just on the edge of the wooded area. One by one, we went down a ladder to investigate this sound, which was seemingly moving further into the dense woods with every step we took towards it. After ten minutes or so of chasing this phantom noise, we came upon this simple but very old-looking fence. The fence had a perfectly symmetrical circle, large enough for a grown man to step through, and the noise had gotten a little louder once we arrived. It sounded like it was just on the other side of this odd fence. We all just kind of stop and look at each other. Several of us exclaimed that we were not going through the fence, because no more than 10 yards from where the sound was coming from was a 60 to 70 foot cliff that led straight down to the side of the island into a dark and rocky ocean. I'm sure everyone can agree that every friend group has that friend, the one who always has something to prove. Our friend makes his way to the fence, puts one leg through, and the second, I mean the second it touches the ground, the wind starts blowing like it was hurricane season. Not only that, but the phantom sound we were chasing has now evolved into what sounds like a swarm of bees literally surrounding us. Without saying a word, we all start to book it blindly through the woods to get back to the car. As we are all sprinting as fast as we can, the sound does not relent. We make it back to the car, out of breath, and as the last car door closes, the wind and sound immediately stop. We exited the island and never went back. Again, we're not 100% sure that what we experienced was supernatural, but we have no other earthly explanation as to what the hell happened. Luckily, none of us were harmed running through the dark, dense woods or exploring the dilapidated concrete structure. But the experience chilled us to the bone.
Shortly after my grandmother passed away, I moved into her house with my wife and our three-year-old daughter. My mother was willed the home, and instead of selling it, she offered to rent it out to us at a very generous rate. The entire family was against selling the home, but none of us were too fond of the idea of renting out grandma's house to random people, since our whole family has a lifetime of memories there, and I would have been stupid to pass up the opportunity, both sentimentally and financially. So, within ten days of her memorial service, we were completely moved in. Everything was going fine. We kept maybe half of her furniture and a few pieces of framed artwork, but ultimately we made it into our own home. I felt weird and still kind of do. Even though she has passed, I still feel like I'm intruding on her space to this day. She and my grandpa, who we called Pops, bought the house in the 80s and they lived in it for over 30 years. Anyway, onto the weird stuff. We have mostly heard odd sounds coming from rooms none of us were in. I'm not talking about your typical house-settling noises either, but actual activity coming from nearby rooms. For instance, my wife told me she heard loud machinery-like noises coming from the garage while she was watching TV in the living room late at night. Before she made it into the garage to investigate, the sound stopped. The next day, as she described the noise to me and attempted to replicate it, I was almost certain she was talking about the old electric air pump that Pops would use to inflate our bikes and pool toys. I still just kind of shrugged it off and assumed it may have been a heater or something. But I was still curious, so I rummaged through the garage and found the electric pump tucked underneath Pops' workbench. It wasn't plugged in, so I decided to do so. When I turned it on, my wife came running through the door a few seconds later and yelled, That was it! That's what I heard last night! And for this next occurrence, there isn't much backstory involved, but the backyard was my grandparents' sanctuary of sorts. Grandma loved to garden and sunbathe by the pool. Pops enjoyed keeping his lawn pristine and staying on top of the pool's maintenance. They were very much summer people and homebodies. During that next summer, about a year after Grandma died, my mom and little brother came over to grill some burgers and go swimming. As my brother came up from the water, after diving off the board, he paused for a bit and just kind of stared ahead. Eventually, he started moaning and groaning and waving his arms, pointing at one of the two lounge chairs. My mom and I were confused, until he eventually said, Grandma was there in a very shaken-up voice. He was about nine or ten at the time, sweetest little kid ever, and never made much of a fuss about anything. But I could tell he sincerely saw our grandma. Although she rarely went swimming, she'd always be outside with us, hanging out in her spot for hours at a time. When my mom and I started asking him about the details, he cried a bit, but answered our questions and vividly explained what he saw. He said she was wearing a red and white striped swimsuit and was holding a book. Now, the swimsuit detail is especially interesting because I had never seen her wear that before. But, I remembered a while back before moving in, I was helping my mom clear out grandma's belongings, deciding what to keep or donate. 
she was rummaging through a box and pulled out a red and white striped swimsuit. Her face lit up and was like, oh, this is nice. It looked a bit small, probably why I have no memory of my grandma ever wearing it, and I wouldn't be surprised if it were a keepsake of hers from the 70s or something. I don't remember if we kept it or not, but now that I'm writing this, I'm tempted to ask my mom about it. If the swimsuit is still around here somewhere, I'm thinking maybe we could show my brother and see what he says. Now back to some of the noises we've heard in the house. It's a three-bedroom. My wife and I, of course, have the largest bedroom, and our daughter has the room directly across from ours. The third bedroom has been left mostly as is after Grandma passed. It's basically a guest bedroom with some sentimental items remaining and on display. One of the items in the room is an old novelty slot machine. You could put coins into it if you wanted to, or just pull the lever and see what happens. As a kid, I remember pulling the lever and getting excited whenever I won, even though it didn't dispense any money or anything. It's important to note that pulling the lever is the only way to get the mechanical workings to start up and make the reel spin. They spin rather loudly and a bell dings afterwards. You can probably guess where this is going. I was in the living room one evening by myself, similar to when my wife was watching TV and heard the air pump turn on in the garage. I clearly, unmistakably, heard the slot machine crank up and start spinning, followed by the ding. There's no other combination of sounds like it, not to mention it triggers a lot of nostalgia in me. I thought maybe my daughter got out of bed, so I walked down the hallway to investigate and send her back to her room. When I poked my head in, nobody was in the guest bedroom. I went into my daughter's room, and she wasn't in there either. So I opened my bedroom door, and she was cuddled up with my wife, both of them sound asleep and out like a light. That door is pretty noisy when it opens and closes, and the hallway isn't a very long stretch from the living room couch. I could actually see down the entire hallway from where I was sitting. I definitely would have heard or seen some movement if one of them got out of bed. I still asked both of them about this, and neither of them had a clue what I was talking about. My daughter has never had much interest in that slot machine anyway, and my wife isn't at all a practical joker. Those are the three biggest... WTF moments I've experienced, or at least the ones I'm able to provide decent details about. Here are some others. I've had countless abrupt sixth sense tingles run over my body, kind of like a heavy ASMR sensation that comes out of nowhere. Another quick story. On my daughter's fourth birthday, immediately after we applauded her for blowing out her birthday candles, Everybody in attendance heard four loud, consecutive knocks coming from the wall directly behind her. My uncle even joked and said, Grandma and Pop say happy birthday. We were all on the other side of the table, by the way. Nobody could have knocked from that direction. There's also the less interesting light flickers and random cold spots, but I admittedly lean towards skepticism so I find those things to be a bit more coincidental and explainable. I still find the paranormal to be interesting, though, especially after moving into this house and experiencing all of this weirdness. If my grandparents are, in fact, still here, 
part of me is a little sad. Doesn't that mean their spirits haven't been able to let go and cross over to the other side or something? I'm not too sure. What are your thoughts? About three years ago, my boyfriend and our two kids were preparing to move across the state, selling the house, changing jobs, buying a new house, and all of that. The whole family was feeling the excitement and stress of these upcoming changes, and on top of that, my dog was sick and dying of liver failure. We were also coming up on the holidays. Life was crazy, to say the least. A little backstory on the house, it was built in 1968 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The previous owner was a single mom who lived alone and died while living in the house. I bought it from her estranged brother when I also was a single mom living on my own. I had felt a strong sense of the previous owner for the first few years of living there. Nothing expressly paranormal but a connection, like I knew she was okay with me living there, in her home. She worked so hard on it. Eventually, that connection faded, and I only thought of her on more rare occasions. A few months before my boyfriend moved in, I did have a very intense experience of some kind that I still have trouble understanding, but I don't think it had anything to do with the previous owner. Perhaps it's related to the experience I'm about to tell you. One weekend while cleaning, I noticed text scrolling across the readout display on the kitchen microwave that I had never seen before. New message was scrolling across the microwave's display. I never, in the entire eight years living in this home with this microwave, had seen a message button. But there was one at the bottom of the control panel. I pressed the button, and the microwave began playing a static recording of someone talking. The voice sounded deep in tone, and the accent appeared to be southern. There was so much static, the message was basically inaudible. When my boyfriend came home from work, I wanted to see what he thought. He listened, and wasn't able to make any sense of it either. I tried to let it go, as I had so many other things to worry about. But he became slightly obsessed with figuring out what the message said. He would play the message multiple times a day over and over. I wanted to delete it and forget about it. Meanwhile, my dog was getting sicker. Maybe a couple of weeks after the initial message appeared on the microwave, I had to make the terribly difficult choice to help end my dog's suffering. That night, my boyfriend worked late. I was crying on the couch when he came home. But as usual, he almost immediately started listening to the microwave message again. I was an emotional mess not wanting to listen to him talk about the message again. So I came into the kitchen to see if he wanted to go lay down. He's ignoring me. Then suddenly he gets quiet, with this look of shock 
and tells me, I know what it says. I listen, and suddenly clear as day over the static, I hear in that deep southern voice, That fella right there, gonna die soon. My boyfriend had probably listened to this message a hundred times or more. Never once could he or I attempt to make out more than a few words until this night, the day that my dog passed away. I have no idea how the message got onto the microwave. If it was talking about my dog or why we were able to only understand it that night. I was so upset by hearing these words. Given the circumstances, I deleted the message right then. My boyfriend was mad. And sometimes I regret that. Maybe if I could listen again, it would say more to help explain. Or not say anything at all. Maybe we were both just hearing the same thing because of all the stress that we were under at the time. We'll never know. The microwave stopped working a short time later and we moved out not long after. I made sure that the new microwave doesn't have a message button. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week you have heard... My Friend Nigel by Empty Allocution. I Think I Just Became the Background Character for Another Person's Glitch by The Karma Don't Matter. The Maze by Lex Smith. Grandma's House by Robbie. And finally... Message in the Microwave by Leah Sutton. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors... Odd Trails is not associated with any message boards online. If you have your own experience that you'd like to submit and have it heard right on the show, you can send it over to stories at oddtrails.com. You can also follow us on social media. All of the links are available at oddtrails.com or in the show notes for this episode. And don't forget to check out Sapphire Sandalo's podcast, Stories with Sapphire, or her YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Sapphire Sandalo. A great friend of the show. I've had her on Let's Not Meet a few times, and it was fantastic to have her over here on Odd Trails. Again, check out her podcast, Stories with Sapphire, wherever you get your podcasts. So we were talking about near misses and all that. Yeah, like almost getting into accidents or bad things happening and fate protecting you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, like we just got done having dinner with my dad and we ended up telling him to come a little bit later because we were in the midst of recording these stories that you just listened to. And he, uh, on his way here, he saw his own vehicle in a collision. Well, not his vehicle, but he saw an identical an vehicle. An identical vehicle. And a correct. collision right in front of him. And it was like a fresh accident, too. Like, the uh, police weren't at the scene or anything. Yeah, so he narrowly escaped getting in an accident because we needed him to come late. And he ended up seeing a vehicle exactly like his mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. That's insane. That it, It's crazy because those kinds of things have been happening to me lately. Like, recently... Within the last couple of weeks, I can remember one event where I lost my keys. I'm going looking for my keys. I end up leaving five minutes late for an appointment. And right around the corner from my house, there's a huge accident. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's in the cards 
to protect you. Bad things are going to happen. You're going to get delayed because fate is somehow keeping you from getting an accident or something bad happening to you. Yeah, the whole keys thing, that kind of reminds me of the the glitch in the matrix, missing time and missing items sort of thing that we've been covering a bit. Yeah, I have a story coming up that somebody sent in to us about uh, how all of these things in their house went missing and they'll show up in different places in their house and they actually did some experiments and proved that this phenomenon was actually happening. It wasn't this, just them misplacing things. Right. It's really interesting. And we have a lot of great stories coming up for you guys. Absolutely. And we really appreciate all of the positive response and all of the downloads. It's been fantastic. It's Yeah, to say the least. To, to say, say the, the least. least. We're blown away. We really, really do appreciate it. Very appreciative. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all next week for a brand new episode of Odd Trails. Peace out. Stay safe.